Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News today. And we're going to start off with uh, some news out of, I suppose, uh, the uh, Virgil Ortiz camp. Unfortunately, Virgil Ortiz, as we all know by now, had to uh, back out uh, of his uh, expected fight against Staniosis simply because he was in the hospital and unable to fight. As you might recall, uh, this is the third time that those two have uh, tried to go into the ring and uh, sort things out with their fists. But unfortunately, uh, the two prior fights, uh, I think uh, Ortiz was in uh, hospital suffering from COVID a couple of uh, years ago. And then I believe uh, Staniosis had appendicitis. Anyway, um, Floyd Schofield uh, took over um, that particular headlining event and did quite well. Uh, before we go there, though, Let's talk about uh, Boots Ennis, who has bolstered his place opposite the winner of Errol Spence and Terence Crawford. It was quite an impressive performance, I might say. Uh, the rising welterweight star retained his interim IBF welterweight title with a sensational 10th round technical knockout and finished tough as nails. Uh, the 147-pound contender, Juan Villa, uh, in their main event, uh, down at the Jim Whalen Boardwalk Arena in Atlantic City, just a few miles away, well, about an hour's drive from uh, Philadelphia, where uh, Boots Ennis is from. It was a left-right combination from Ennis that deposited Villa into the canvas and ended the fight uh, in the 10th round. Villa, uh, he drops his record, but... Uh, uh, Jaron Ennis is now 31-0 and 0 and certainly ready to take on if they will stay at the welterweight division, uh, either Spence or Crawford, whoever wins that fight. So, yeah, uh, so Golden Poi moving along over to the uh, Virgil Ortiz uh, fight that didn't happen. Uh, unfortunately, as, as we know, as I said, uh, Ortiz has had some medical issues in the past, and uh, they think uh, uh, what he might be suffering from is uh, something called uh, rhabdomyolysis. Uh, it's a breakdown of the muscle tissues and re releasing uh, myoglobin into the blood. Uh, and it's actually a condition that uh, previously had affected Ortiz during his scheduled fight against Michael McKinson uh, back in 2022, last year. Anyway, uh, Ortiz was supposed to fight Saniosis in March of 2023, but the, the latter backed out, as I said, uh, yes, due to an appendectomy. Uh, rebooked for April, Ortiz backed out, suffering from a recurring case of uh, rhabdomyosis. So anyway, so that fight, unfortunately, was uh, postponed again due to Ortiz being in the hospital. And uh, Floyd Schofield, Kid Austin, uh, decided to take over uh, in the main event, and he dropped Haskell Rose three times with a dominant unanimous decision of victory. Uh, and quite frankly, dominated every round and finally, uh, you know, uh, pulled out a big decision uh, live on DAZN. A great fight. And on that undercard, by the way, I want to mention uh, one of my favorite uh, female fighters, Marlon Esparza. Uh, she fended off a scrappy and, shall we say, more active foe uh, to add another belt to her collection. The 2012 Olympic bronze medalist for the U.S. defended her lineal WBC, WBA flyweight title and picked up the WBO belt in a 10-round majority decision win over Argentina's Gabriela Alanis. Um, the judges, uh, 
made it pretty close, uh, with the exception of Javier Alvarez, who scored at 9991, uh, and and cre created a bit of a controversy in doing so. But nonetheless, that uh, bout, as I said, served as the undercard for Kid Austin's uh, uh, bout coming to you live from the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas. By the way, I might add that Buenos Aires Alanis had vowed to knock out uh, Esparza a week ahead of their uh, fight. Uh, but it was Esparza who came out uh, with mean intentions right from the opening bell. And the unified champ launched the left hook right out of the gate. Alanis was more active, uh, both uh, output in her output of punches and her upper body movement. But Esparza was the more accurate, largely on the strength of her right hands over the top, over the Argentinian's guard. So there you go, a couple of uh, fights out of San Antonio, uh, well fought by both uh, uh, victors and uh, uh, both uh, learners in the process. L is not loser, but learner, as Cedric Ben points out to me quite often. I uh, might want to point out another result uh, that just came in. Uh, according to WBO, number eight fighter Sasaki has altered uh, Hoshi uh, and keeps his WBO 147 pound belt taking place in Japan. Fast rising Japanese sensation, WBA number 11, WBO number eight, Jin Sazaki, 16 one and one, 15 knockouts, 147 pounds, kept his WBO Asia Pacific welterweight belt by battering compatriot Hiroti Hoshi uh, into submission at one minute, 44 seconds of the 11th round. Uh, also on the weekend, taking place in Japan. Sasaki, a young tiger at 21, has dethroned Ryota Toyoshima by upset stoppage and impressively flattened world-rated Kaiti Obora in his initial defense. Though an early knockout win was expected, Jin took time to halt Hoshi due to his tremendous durability. Finally, though, Sasaki caught up with him in a flurry of punches that prompted the referee's well-received um, Great, great, uh, great pictures, by the way, on fightnews.com uh, for that victory. And uh, yeah, if you take a look at uh, fight news, fightnews.com, uh, you know, it was a, as I said, as a, sorry, I got interrupted by the flurry of pictures, let alone flurry of punches uh, that finally uh, enabled the referee to intervene and stop the fight and uh, prevent Hoshi from getting injured any further. Anyway, great fight out of Japan, again, in the welterweight division, uh, you know, and a great number of uh, photos from that fight if you go to fightnews.com. Now we'll move over to the uh, heavyweight division where we see that uh, in Poland, WBA, IBF, WBO heavyweight champ, Alexander Yusik, and WBA mandatory challenger, Daniel Dubois, came face-to-face -face for the first time at their official press conference, along with the fact that the two men look pretty evenly matched from a physical standpoint. And I must say, Yusuk looks better with that particular haircut. Um, the champ and the challenger looking almost evenly matched in terms of weight. This, this uh, time, though, fans felt Dubois would look so much bigger than Yusuk. It uh, came as another surprise with the announced ticket prices, actually. Uh, Alex uh, Kreisuk, uh, Yusuk's manager, said at the head table how his aim was to make the fight affordable to everyone and with ticket prices starting at a lowly 11 euros wow that's roughly 12 dollars us or nine pounds it's clear 
that the August 26th fight will cost a fight fan a whole lot less cash than they used to forking out for the privilege of being live and in person on fight night. As has been pointed out, uh, with the fight going on pay-per-view in the UK, expected to be around 25 quid, a boxing fan will actually pay less for an actual ticket than for TV coverage. As this writer from uh, Boxing247.com uh, points out, uh, in this time of greed and obsession with money, with so many people struggling with the cost of living, it is indeed refreshing and uplifting that the powers that be behind this heavyweight title fight have made a real and genuine effort to make it possible for the average Joe to be able to attend the fight. Good on Krasjuk and company. Great news out of Poland. Now let's move along to uh, uh, Anthony Joshua. And, but before we get there, I need to open up with a little bit about Martin Bacoli, who is looking to uh, rematch against Michael Hunter. Sorry about that. Um uh, Incoming news, but I just had to take that call, and uh, I'll relate that news in a second. Um, Mike, Mar Martin Bicoli is open to a Michael Hunter rematch, and Joseph Parker, uh, as he targets an eliminator, uh, says Ben Shalom. We like the Michael Hunter rematch. It makes sense, uh, says uh, Martin Bicoli. Could seek revenge against the American who inflicted the only defeat on the Congolese heavyweights record a stoppage loss back in 2018. The reason I bring this up is because I found out that, in fact, uh, among the various people who are sparring uh, against Anthony Joshua, who is warming up to fight uh, upcoming, as we all know, Dillian White, um, it's interesting who he has selected as his sparring partners. And he's now, uh, Anthony Joshua, that is, uh, a two-time unified heavyweight champion, former, that is, uh, will renew his rivalry with uh, Brixton's uh, Dillian White. And he's currently training in Texas. And they've actually mentioned a few of the people who are uh, sparring against Joshua. I thought I'd bring them to your attention. Jeremiah Milton and Jamie Chishkeva, relatively unknowns to the casual boxing fan, uh, especially me. Uh, <laughs> but they've been brought in by Team AJ to give the Watford Warriors some looks during this clash. Uh, and they've also brought in Michael Hunter to push him ahead of his must-win domestic dust-up. This is according to The Sun over in the UK. Hunter, who's 35 years old, has shared the ring with some big names during his 10-year career, including former undisputed cruiserweight champion Alexander Yusek. Uh, so uh, Joshua shared some post-training uh, snaps with the hard hitters to his Instagram account, flexing with the trio as they drip in sweat following several grueling and hard rounds. Now, according to, uh, as I've said before, one of my favorite writers out of BoxingNews24.com, Charles Brunn, he says that Matchroom's Frank Smith believes the anti-Joshua versus Dillian to rematch uh, is a mega fight 
that the British public is dying to see and willing to pay the 27 pounds on top of their disowned subscription for their event on August 20, on, sorry, August 12th. Uh, Smith predicts the Joshua White number two fight will bring in 1 million buys on pay-per-view and says it's the biggest. Those numbers are staggering given the adverse reaction from fans on social media to this fight. Uh, according to Charles, he says the British fans that paid for their DAZN subscriptions thinking they were getting to be able to see the Joshua and Canelo Alvarez as part of their yearly monthly subscriptions have got to be hopping mad right now. Canelo Alvarez is no longer with the zone, having signed a three-fight deal with PBC, and Joshua's fights are on pay-per-view. Smith seems to be in denial about how the how this has played out. Uh, now that the 33-year-old Joshua, 25 wins, three losses, by the way, 22 knockouts, and White are at this point in their careers. If this were eight years ago, maybe the lofty one million Smith is talking about would be possible, but not anymore. He says this fight has little hope of bringing anywhere close to one million buys, but you can never underestimate what the UK is willing to buy. For example, Tyson Fury's fight with the 39-year-old journeyman Derek Chisora sold out the 62,000 Tottenham's Hotspurs Arena. And fans didn't care that Chisora had lost three of his last four fights. They still gleefully bought tickets to see this horror. If British fans were willing to see Fury beat up Chisora, they might be keen on paying £27 to watch Joshua fight White, who has arguably lost three out of four fights as well. White is another Chisora type, said Frank Smith. I think this can do anywhere between 700000 to a million. Will Joshua versus White 2 bring in a million buys? Well, Joshua already knocked out White in 2015, and there's no reason for a second fight. It's not like there was a competitive matchup. It was only interesting for the first two rounds. After that, White was exhausted and just a punching bag for AJ from rounds three to the bitter end in the seventh. Uh, said Smith, no, I want, I want it to do the numbers I've set. Uh, when he was uh, satisfied uh, with the more realistic number of, say, five, uh, 500,000 um, buys. You only have to look at Auntie Joshua, is that he's broken the record time and time and time again in his biggest fights. I think he did 1.25 million in the biggest fight, 1.2 in another, maybe it was 1.15. Joshua's popularity has taken a huge hit, thanks to Alexander Usyk beating him twice. Smith and Hearn, though, are pricing Joshua's uh, with White like AJ was still a world champion at the top of his game rather than a shot guy. No one else has done that, and this fight has all the right ingredients to create a build-up to hit those numbers, said Smith. It's all, it's on every platform. It's on the zone. You can buy it everywhere. So exposure is going to be key. That's going to be simple because everyone's going to want to see this fight. I truly believe it can do those types of numbers, and you know, look at Dillian White as well. <laughs> this guy goes on. Go to boxingnews24.com. Take a look at Charles Brown's latest uh, column because he rants and raves quite extensively about the fight not being able to hit that 1 million mark on pay-per-view, and arguably so. It's not a big fight over here in the North America uh, fan base. Let's have a look at what Teddy Atlas had to say about anti-Joshua's decline. You know, he said... Uh, he agrees that uh, it's Joshua's uh, defeat to Andy Ruiz that was a catalyst for the Brits' change in his performance and losing his aggressive style. 
And he has another theory to add to that uh, with respect to the financial aspect of the former heavyweight champion. He said, when you talk about the Klitschko fight, bravo. He got off the floor with the guy who can hit with a right hand, bravo. That's the behavior of a champion. But the guy was 40 years old. Let's not forget that. Would he have gotten off the floor with a 30-year-old Klitschko? I don't know. But he did, and he behaved like a champion. Uh, what I take out of a fight is uh, he never behaved quite the same again, finding a way doing what a champion does, getting up. With the Ruiz fight, everyone looked at the physical parts, but what I'm saying is he didn't behave like the way he did against Klitschko. I have to believe it's this, and I know in my mind he didn't want to behave. He's too rich to behave that way. I'm going to make it real simple. When it was against Klitschko, it meant everything. He didn't have a bank account anywhere near as big as he does now, and it was in front of his people. He didn't have to get off the floor against Ruiz. His bank account was, bank account was beyond all numbers as he was safe. He was already safe. In boxing, you should never be safe, says Teddy Atlas. So we'll see what happens when Joshua faces White on August 12th. And will we see a brand new Anthony Joshua who's been sparring, as I said, against some heavy hitters or not? Let's move along to another heavy hitter, Nate Diaz, former MMA fighter who's going into his uh, debut boxing performance. And he's come out uh, with some statements regarding his suspected um, uh, brain injuries. Um, he, he absolutely says he's not suffering from any related uh, concussion injury. Uh, despite uh, being notorious for his rather bloody and brutal fights in the MMA, uh, the American fighter dismissed claims he may be suffering from a potential CTE, which stands for chronic traumatic encephalopathy. It's often found in the brains of retired fighters. He said, I feel like every fight is pretty fucked up. Someone's attacking you with their hands or their legs or whatever. I always think I'm going to be aware that I could be knocked out at any time. And that's what makes me train harder than most people. I think that I'm just conscious of that. And that's the reason why I stay conscious the whole time anyway. And I don't really uh, be eating punches like how they say, because the forearms and the elbows, uh, they come they cut me up. But I've been in a boxing gym and it mightn't look like it, but I just roll with any of these punches that anybody lands. I'm not just walking in like a meathead into punches. People try to talk about me like that, but I've never been knocked out. Uh, now, the writer points out he was knocked out in 2013 by Josh Thompson. I've never been stunned stupid or nothing like that. And these fuckers will try to talk about how I talk. They're saying I've got CTM, CTE or some shit. And it's like, bro, I've been talking this way the whole motherfucking time. I ain't got nothing to do with getting hit or none of that. And I'm smarter now than ever. I'm not trying to be knocked out. So I believe uh, Jake Paul's got a long night ahead of him. I believe I do as well, but I'm not afraid of it. And I'm ready to rock and roll. Well, my friends, that's it for me here on Talk and Fight. I appreciate you joining me. Remember, like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. And please join me at 4 p.m. Eastern time when uh, we have uh, Knuckle Up hosted by Mike Orr. Thank you.